Good evening. It is Victoria here. And this is Victoria Warfel from Heart and Soul Dog Training and Hope Service Dogs. I'm here tonight to talk about certifications in dog training, uh, which was a hot topic in our group yesterday. I am doing it from my phone instead of from the computer, so hopefully I will still get comments and stuff and be able to see everything. But I'm not feeling great today, and I've had a very busy day. We went out, Rich and I had pre-voted, Luke went out today to vote, so Django and I went and drove him, and I am just kind of relaxing right now. Uh, I am done for the day. So we have uh, certifications in dog training, and what are they, why do you need them, why do I feel like certifications in dog training are wicked important, because they are. And that's, that's what we'll discuss tonight, along with questions and comments and all the fun stuff. So you might not know. I am a certification junkie. I like to get them because I like to expand my knowledge and my learning. It's fun. It's good. If I just said, all you need is hands-on experience with the dog, you have people who, well, I just know what to do because I have magic hands and I can train dogs because, you know, God gave me the ability to do it and I can do it. But you don't know why you're doing it how you're doing it, how to do it better, why what works, works. I remember at my first Chad Mackin seminar, Zoe and I had flown from Florida to Tucson, Arizona. And I thought, holy cow, I thought Florida was brown. Tucson is browner, but I really like the cactuses. But we were sitting in there, continuing education, right? And, and he had said something that was just a light bulb that went off over my head, just like in a cartoon. It was pretty awesome. And that stuck with me. And if I would not have gone to that seminar, I would not have, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know? So it's pretty cool that something that we decided to do to get knowledge, because we're silly if we think we know everything. There's way other things out there, way other things for you to learn, do, know, and, and find out. But it starts with reaching out and gaining that knowledge, not starting with hands-on. It starts with hearing and assimilating and a, a, yeah, assimilating that knowledge into what it is that you do. Uh, so I've, I've done workshops. I've hosted workshops. I've taught workshops. I've taught uh, our service dog school. And there's always more. There's always more to learn. Uh, one of the things we do at the school is we talk about other trainers that we highly recommend to go to for continuing education. Because you can't think that you know it all. It's just, it's impossible, guys. You don't know it all. You know, and in working with Bart Bellin and with, with his wife, Michael Bellin, and, and working with some of the, let's face it, guys, they're the top in, in the country. They're top in the world. Uh, you know, I know Ivan. I, I have one of Ivan's dogs on the bed with me right now. You want to see him? There's Django. Well, there's Django's butt, most of all. Buddy. Hi. And he little wags his little tail. You know, like, they, they know they don't know everything. I know I don't know everything. You know, I mean, I, I maybe, I, I can't talk for them. But, you know, they don't, might not know, you know, maybe, maybe your niche is pet dog training. And you know nothing about service dog training. Or your niche is service dog training. And you know nothing at all about agility training. Learning and cross-learning stuff, it, it gives you information. It gives you knowledge. And it's awesome. Now, there are some certifications that mean more than other certifications, okay? Uh, for that, what do I mean by that? Some certifications are, can you answer these multiple choice questions in a book? You know, 
Uh, I don't like those ones as much because just because you know what positive reinforcement is and what negative punishment is, it's the opposite of positive reinforcement. Does that mean you can train a dog? No, but it's a good start, okay? I prefer certifications that are because of how I train, but having a split from this is like silver school that we went to, Napopo Silver, was the book learning part of it. And then gold was the hands-on with the dog. And you got certified in silver because you had to learn how to do it before you demonstrated that you could do it. And then we went to gold and that was the hands-on with the dog and that was the e-collar license. So yes, I am a licensed e-collar trainer, right? But you have that and, and you have to learn it that way. Uh, I have those ones. I have uh, from different workshops and seminars that I've attended. Uh, I've had... Uh, camps and schools that I've gone away for, for, for not knowing. And those mean a lot to me and they should mean a lot to you too. If you have those, uh, because you need to, you need to keep growing. Like I said, I know trainers who they don't learn anything. They keep training the same way for the five years, for the 10 years that they've been training dogs because they don't ever learn and grow. And I think that is what kills learning knowledge and growth is by assuming that you know everything and you have nothing left to learn. So why do I call it certifications? Because that's what you end up getting. And if you have the certifications, because guys, guess what's happening? Right now, each and every one of you who are listening and all of your neighbors, you're the best in the biz. Thank you, Patrick. I was going to call you right before this, but I didn't to continue our discussion from earlier today. Uh, but there's everyone, everyone watching this, all of your neighbors on either side of you, behind you and in front of you can put a, they call it, put a shingle out and say, I'm a professional dog trainer. Right now there are no standards. And it's a little bit scary because I've seen people who have no business saying that they're dog trainers go out there and say, I'm a dog trainer. You know, why? Well, because I, I tell my dog how to sit. Yeah. And I've had dogs for like 20 years and like, I've taught them all how to sit and like, yeah, like they listen at the dog park, you know, that doesn't make you a dog trainer any more than me having a heart for my whole life makes me a cardiologist or a brain surgeon or any, a dentist. It doesn't make me any of those, right? Like there is still a special set of skills that is needed for that. So what do you do? Pursuing the certifications is good because there is legislation that will be coming down the pike don't know when, on who can consider themselves a dog trainer, who can actually go out as a dog trainer. You know, who's the famous not a dog trainer is Caesar. You know, I, I, I rehabilitate dogs, I train people. Isn't that what he says? You know, he comes out very clearly that he is not a dog trainer. And he's not, right? But a lot of people say that they are, but they don't help, okay? Or you know, maybe they help and the person doesn't follow through or who knows what, you know, the person, they don't connect with the dog. I don't know. Like there's all sorts of things. How do you know? Well, you need to have a minimum standard. So some people want the standard to be, I got an obedience title uh, through AKC on my dog or on, that's what my clients get. Well, that's one set of standards. That's not all the standards. That's one set of standards. And there's plenty of standards out there. You know, I do a lot of service dogs. I like them to have their CGCs, their novice trick dogs, public access tasks, at least one good task, you know. And, and everyone has their own. But if we don't have our eye on the prize, if we don't reach for the gold, then we're not progressing forward.
your goal as a trainer, as you're training other trainers, should be that those other trainers are better than you and do better than you. Why? Because, okay, for example, I have my service dog school next week. Uh, So you'll hear me, I'm going to be on next Tuesday night, and then uh, Wednesday we have our... Uh, our dog CPR course, and then Thursday we have our service dog school here. If I wanted to be the best and to not have any of the people who came to do better than me, what is that going to do if that's their philosophy to the people they teach and the people they teach? You're going to have a watered-down, dumb version of dog training in a few generations, in a few, not even generations, in a few years because, well, I'm not going to tell you all the secrets because then you'll know all my secrets. And you went and worked with him and you know all his secrets and her and you know all her secrets. And that's not the way to do it at all. That's not the way to do it. You need to push your students, push your clients to not only do better, but to be better. And you want them to do better than you. Because if they take the knowledge and they grow on it and expand on it for the next generation, that's awesome. That's what we want. Not, well, you know, you'll be stupider than I, and then they'll be stupider. That's how you lead to, oh gosh, what was that show? Uh, Idiocracy. We don't want idiocracy. We want smartiocracy, okay? So that's something that you need to think of. So is hands-on dog training, hands-on the dogs, is that the be-all and end-all of dog training? Of course it's not. It can't be. It can't be. Because they have to understand why they're doing it so they can apply it to other things, right? And sometimes it takes a while and you're like, well, you know what? That's why that always works with this dog. That's it. I'll give you a freebie. You guys want a freebie? Uh, One of the things that we learn in silver is the right time to use a prong and the right time to use a slip lead, okay? And that's just one of the things that they cover. Do you know how many people I see who have an aggressive dog on a prong collar? Why are you doing that? Don't do that. Don't put an aggressive dog on a prong collar. They should be on a slip lead or on one of my sling collars because that's the best thing that you can have for them. Uh, you need to understand why you're doing what you're doing, why it works. So you can also, so you can explain it to other people because there is, I, I didn't invent anything in dog training, guys. Like most people didn't invent. There are a few people who really were very good at putting things together. Like Bart is the, the grandfather of modern dog training for a reason, but you know, the things, positive reinforcement isn't something brand new in science. This has been going on since the beginning of time. How do you think dogs were domesticated, right? Food, comfort, warmth, you know, the good things, uh, because we're like, Hey, we can kind of use you and you're cute and fluffy. Here, Amanda posted, I have been volunteering training service dogs since I was 13. It's my absolute passion and I want to start training dogs professionally, but I'm struggling with how to start doing it in terms of certification classes, et cetera. Amanda, where do you live? If you live close, you know, there's, there's things that we do. We help out people. Uh, you know, you can, you can volunteer. We have people who, who come and help with that. We do have our service dog school. We have our online courses through, if you go to servicedog.teachable.com. You know, there's, there's a bunch going. There's a bunch out there. But it's hard to separate, what is, what's the term? Like the wheat from the chaff, right? The good from the bad. How do you know what, you, what you're looking at is actually good? And speaking of certifications, how many people know that there is no certification for service dogs? 
you can't have a certified service dog. There is no such thing. It doesn't exist. Okay. So a lot of people think that, well, I sent money away and I got a little ID badge and a patch in the mail and I got a certificate suitable for framing that says that my dog is a certified service dog. Well, you could also send a picture of an avocado and they would certify an avocado as a service dog too. Okay. Doesn't mean what you think it means. So when people call up, here's what happens. You know, ring, ring, you know, it's, it's Vicky with heart and soul dog training. Uh, and the question is, how do I get my dog certified as a service dog? So I have two answers. I can either tell them the truth. There's no such thing as certification for service dogs. What you need is a dog who is tasked trying to mitigate your disability. You need to be disabled first. Service dog individually trying to do that. No, you don't need to go through me or through any professional trainer. You can do it on your own. So I don't need you. I could do it on my own. Well, I mean, being around me, it makes me calmer. And so like that totally works. And like my dog's already a certified service dog because Vicky said so. Do I really want that happening? No, I don't want obnoxious heathen dogs brought out in public. That's like the last thing in the world that I want. So instead, what we do and what's on our website, what we consider a trained service dog is a dog who is, first, the person has a disability. Two, the dog is task trained to mitigate that disability. Three, what we want from the dogs is for them to pass all of their canine good citizen tests. Four, we want the novice trick dog title. Five, we want them to pass a public access test. Six, we want at least at least one good task. That's task. That means the dog has to be trained for it. Not just like, my dog like makes me happy whenever I'm like sad and stuff. And so like, he's totally a service dog. You don't want that. When you define, you get to define, right? So if I'm going to define the terminology that this is when I'm talking about a service dog, this is to what I am referring, I can do that. And does the dog need to have a CGC? No, but I find I work better when I have a goal. And my clients work better whenever they have goals. And this is a very attainable goal for any service dog worth his salt. You know, and if not, maybe you need to reconsider that. Uh, can you fully owner train your own service dog? Yeah, you can. Is it a lot of work? Heck yeah. Can most people not even train their dog how to sit without telling them 20 times and using a pound of cheese? You know? Amanda says she lives in Illinois. It's her goal to come to you guys eventually. Y'all are amazing. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, my problem is to separate the good from the bad. So when we were looking for different programs, because I, I, I told you I'm a certificate junkie. I love certifications. And there were some of them. And some of them were to help you develop your your program, right? You know, uh, procedure manual stuff and how to do it. The problem is nobody's going to do it how I do it. And I was talking at a client out here today and we were talking about program dogs and a lot of the program dogs, you are limited by what you can do. For example, I've talked to people who have attended different service dogs school who said, well, person who attended a service dog school, who said she had to, if I, if I, let's see if I get this right, she had to lure her dog from nose to ground with food to get him to down. And if the dog didn't down from a lure from the nose to the ground with food, the dog was going to fail from being a service dog. Fail out of the program. I, but the dog didn't want to down. I said, well, can't you just wait him out? And then click whenever he goes down on his own and then give him the food. Nope, it had to be a lure from the nose to the ground. 
could you lure him under something? Because a lot of times if they have to go under something, they're going to, you know, crouch down and it works. Nope, it had to be a lure from the nose to the ground. Can you step on the leash? It had to be a lure from the nose to the ground. And it was killing me because I just gave her three different ways pretty easily to get the dog to down that wouldn't include using a lure from the nose to the ground. But no, you had to do it this way. And this is the problem. This is a problem with some of the certifications. This is a problem with a lot of the programs and a lot of the trainers out there is they don't understand that there are different ways to do things. They don't understand that at all. And they think that their way is the only way. And by being closed-minded, they're not going to learn and grow. Another thing we discussed today is a lot of trainers, especially with the service dogs, right? They don't want to use any sort of training tools because it's evil. And I've had people ask me, how crazy are my dogs that I use prong collars on them when they're puppies? Uh, or, you know, that we do a lot of the service dog stuff. Well, do you realize I have a joint issue? And if a dog pulls on me the wrong way, I can be out of commission for... A year, yeah, because it's happened before. And I can't take that risk. I don't want to take that risk. So instead, I use the tools that I like to use, uh, especially if I can introduce them. It makes it a lot easier. So I like that a lot. And if I was closed-minded, I would still say e-collars are the devil and prong collars are for stupid people. But it's not the case. You know, I, I do a lot with them. And if the collars and the harnesses and each of the equipment has a meaning, it's a lot easier, okay? Hi, Ruth. Ruth just got on and said hi. So you need to, you need to keep learning, growing, reaching, and growing. Learning, going, reaching, growing. There you go. I kind of like that. But you need to, you need to have that. You need to reach for the sky. Don't be happy by saying, you know what, you know, like... I had my service dog out today, and it, like, went good, except for, you know, like, he barked at somebody. Hi, Django. Uh, no, that's, that's not how it goes. Can I help you? I told you I wasn't feeling good, so there's a reason he's out. He's, he's, all, he's so smushy. Your smushy face. You want to say hi? No, he doesn't say hi. Hi. Boop you on the nose. Okay. Uh, so you need to, to learn more. And how do you learn? Well, I mean, yeah, you can play around with it, but it's much easier to go to somebody who's putting on those courses. Now, I don't know what everybody does, but I do know that a lot of the workshops and seminars and schools and stuff have been canceled because of COVID. We are not canceling ours. Here, we've got over five acres. You guys are free to spread out as much as you want to. You guys are free to wear masks. If you'd like to, we're going to have hand sanitizer. You're welcome to bring your own as well. Um, but like I said, you're welcome to spread out. We're doing the food here, so we don't have to worry about going off for breakfast or lunch. Dinner, yeah, dinner, you're on your own. Uh, but you have that, uh, <clears throat> you know, you have that where you don't have to go off, off site, off campus, whatever works, right? We want it to be good. We want there to be learning involved. And here's one thing that happens is, a lot of times what happens is we all contribute because, again, I'm not the be-all and end-all in dog training either. And as we talk about different gear and different harnesses and different booties that we like and, and all that, especially the gear stuff, I'm not the expert on it. I know what I know. I know what I've experienced. 
But it doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't have something that's, that's awesome, that's good, that works out super awesomely well, you know, and, and you want to have that. Uh, one of the things I've done is I've gone to the Napopo Silver School multiple times. Uh, let's see. I like to repeat things because I find the first time you go, you don't learn everything. And if you do, all the more power to you. I know there are people with, uh, you know, they hear it once and it's stuck in their head forever. That's not me at all. I need to hear it a few times. And here's the fun thing is if I'm talking and someone else is talking or if two people are talking, I, I really can't hear anything. It's like they cancel each other out. So I've gone to silver school four times, gold school five times, and the super gold school uh, was a three-week course, and they've only offered it the one time. Django, what are you doing? There you go. So you have that. And each time, I learn something more. Even in the silver school where it's book learning, they don't have this is what we're covering and play the movie. And how many times do people rewatch their favorite movies and their favorite shows all the time? And they, you know, they either do it for the happiness it brings them or the, uh, you know, the knowledge. You get more knowledge each time. Maybe you hear something, maybe you notice something in the set design that you hadn't noticed before. But either way, you learn something every time. I don't get a new silver certificate every time I go, a new gold certificate every time I go. But you, you get the knowledge. You get the, the, you know, this is what's going on. And I learn more every single time. I am, let's see, I have, I have a whole bunch of certifications. They're up on my website. If you want to see it, go to heart, H-E-A-R-T-K-9.com. Heart K9, Dream K9, Soul K9, or Heart Soul K9.com. Any of those will get you to me. But you can see what all certifications I have. Karen's just as bad as I am. Would like him to collect certifications. Rich, I don't think he really cares one or another. He likes them. But he doesn't, like, I need this, you know? Uh, but, but that's okay. That's fine. That works out good. We want, we want it to be awesome. We want what we can offer to our clients and what we can offer to the dogs that we work with and what we can offer to other trainers to be the best of what it could be. And to do that, you have to understand that you don't know everything. I don't know everything. Yes, I admit it. I don't know everything. I know what I know but I don't know what I don't know. And you don't know what you don't know until you need it and you don't have it or until you learn it. And how do you think you're going to learn it? It's not going to magically, you know, zap into your head at some point. You have to learn other things. Okay. And I told you, I'm not feeling great. So it's going to be a really short session tonight. If any of you have any questions uh, or comments, now is the time to add them because I'm going to be signing off here in just a couple minutes. Uh, I think it's going to be go to bed early tonight time. It is nice. The weather is beautiful here. It was 69 right now. It was a high of 75 today. So it was kind of hoodie weather. And I have, like, I just got a new hoodie, which is super cool. It says Heart and Soul. It has our new logo on it, Heart and Soul Dog Training. So I got to wear that. And it was super nice to have that on and to be able to wear that. But, um, but it's off now, and I'm back in a tank top because yay, Florida. Uh, we have the, oh, update on the puppies. We have the Beauty and the Beast litter turns seven weeks on Thursday. So they're just about seven weeks old. They're coming out here on Thursday and we're going to the vet and the vet's going to take a look at all of them. We're going to get their health certificates and all that fun stuff that goes with it. And on Friday, they will be temperament tested. And after they get their temperament testing done, we assign who goes where. 
and make arrangements with them for pickup. Uh, so that'll be super neat. Uh, they're still at Karen's though. And last time we had them here at six weeks old. So that was super fun. Uh, but we don't have them yet. So we're looking forward to getting them in. So we'll have them here for the school. Uh, we're keeping purple. Uh, she is all clear genetic testing wise. Uh, Karen listened to their hearts and their hearts are all crisp. So they should be good. Uh, and she, she kind of checked their eyes out. There's an old wives tale way to doing it. So she checked out their eyes and their eyes all look good. So that made us happy too, because there's only so much we can learn and do and know beforehand. Then as they grow, it's a different story. But so Purple will be staying here. So Purple will be available to be worked during the service dog school. We'll get her started, which if you say, oh my goodness, but she'll just have turned eight weeks old. Yeah, you know what we did with Siren and Diana when they were eight weeks old? We drove them across the country and did two weeks of Napopo Gold School with them. So, you know, if they can handle that, you know, Purple can handle this. And Purple doesn't have a name yet. We're kind of looking for, we're thinking a Japanese anime girl name, but we don't know what we want yet. Nothing too many syllables. Little Light Blue oh, is doing amazing. Actually, the, the blue, um, the blue boy, is the best in the group. <laughs> oh my God, how did that happen? Uh, so the vet, uh, we need him to clear him, make sure that he's all good for everything. But he is super duper. Uh, he, because of all the extra uh, attention that he got, he is friendly. He is super. He loves people. He's calm. Uh, nothing, nothing's wrong with him. Like his chest is all normal. So we'll see, uh, you know, we're going to ask the vet if he wants to do an x-ray, you know, just so we get the, the seal of approval on him. But whatever he had, Karen caught it. Karen and Rich worked on it while I was gone. And he's, he's perfect. He's, like I said, he's perfect. As we were talking about some of them, you know, like this one's super energetic. This one's really mellow. What about Blue? He's just perfect. Just absolutely perfect. So that made us very happy. Plus, Blue uh, is the only other one. Blue and Purple are the two that are totally clear on their genetics. So that's really nice. No, none of them are affected, but, you know, some of them are carriers, which is fine. They, they can't get the disease being carriers. You need to have the two. Uh Really just goes to show not to count anyone out with EDS-like disorders. Exactly. Yeah, so they say that the swimmer thing, uh, whatever it officially is named, is like Ehlers-Danlers uh, for puppies as opposed to for people. But yeah, no, that's he's, he's great. He was actually because they had done a hobbles, you know, like basically like handcuffed him. So he couldn't splay his legs on the side of his body. And because they had done these hobbles, he was the first one to walk. You know, he's, he had lost a little bit of weight because Rich was doing physical therapy with him. So we stopped the physical therapy because he didn't lose weight. He just wasn't gaining. And he went back to gaining. And now I think he's the chonky, chonkiest of the litter. So it's pretty cool. Um, makes us happy that he's doing so well. But yeah, and all the girls should be going. You know, like I said, we're keeping the one. So the other three girls all look like they'll be good to go as service dog prospects. This litter was amazing. It was a super amazing litter, and it made us very happy. Uh, orange will likely do pet, uh, you know, just because. And then uh, blue, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we want. I think I think he'll be good. We have to wait for what see what the vet says, and then talk to people and see what's going on and, and work on getting everybody matched up. So yeah, it's super. It's super duper. Uh, but you know, last time I was in there every week. And, you know, spent time with them. That didn't happen this time. So I feel like 
I need to spend more time with these pups. So I'm glad we'll have them for a week. And then because they could go home on Thursday of next week, you know, they'll probably, some of them might stay until the weekend. So, yay. But otherwise, uh, Rich is in there. He's starting to work the dogs. Like I said, I wasn't feeling great. So I'm going to go in there and help. <laughs> I'll help. Uh, and, and see what happens. Tomorrow we have a busy day. Right? We have a busy day tomorrow, big guy. So we'll see how things go. And I will let you guys know how the vets go. I uh, will might do the live stream of the temperament testing on the website uh, through Hope on the Facebook page for Hope, or I might just videotape and upload some stuff. I don't know what I'm going to do. So we will see. But I will talk to you guys. Are most of them local? No. I think one is from Orlando. Um, some of them are like Oregon. Um, all over the place. So yeah, yeah, we need to to figure out, and, and it's kind of weird because they're basically put on hold while we figure stuff out, and I don't like operating that way. But no, no, a lot of them know that they're going to be getting one. They just don't know which one. So I know at least one of them's flying in, so she's going to do Disney. So we'll hold on to her pup until Sunday. Uh, you know, at least that was the plan last time I remember talking about it. <laughs> and like I said, since we have the class. It doesn't, you know, I'm fine keeping them until Sunday because then it's more dogs for everyone to work with, which is just going to benefit the dogs and benefit the trainers. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, I'd be fine if they wait until Sunday or Monday to get picked up. If not, Rich gets to deal with that while we're doing dogs. So, yeah, fun times. Uh, but it'll be a short handoff session type of thing. Or well, I'm in Oregon. Long flight it is. Yeah, it is. And, uh. Yeah, we had a couple last time that went up to Oregon. Apparently, you guys don't have good golden retriever breeders up there. <laughs> but that's okay. I like knowing my puppies are spread out across the country. And the funny thing was with the last litter, like two went to Colorado, two went to Oregon. Like they had friends and they were kind of close to each other. So I know the ones in Colorado, they get together. And I think that's just the greatest thing. How great is it that not only are my our puppies you know, able to provide such love and companionship. And, you know, yesterday they turned six months old. But that they, they cause friendships to happen, too. Like, that's so cool. It makes me happy. So, okay. For realsies, I'm going to sign off. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Uh, and I will talk to y'all later.